Oh, the blood. What a sacrifice. That saved me from my sins. What a great victory is in the blood of our Holy Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you right now just thanking you for your, your shed blood and how your blood just cleanses us from all unrighteousness, God. Father, without the blood, we have no life. Without the blood, we have no eternity. So, Father, we are grateful today for your shed blood because your shed blood gives us victory today, today and forever. Thank you, Father, for that. Father, we ask that you'll just speak to us today. Uh, Have open ears, Father, and and, uh, open hearts to hear your message. And I pray, Father, it will be uh, one that gives you glory. And then, Father, as we observe the Lord's Supper, uh, I pray that we do here, we come with humble and contrite hearts, confessed up hearts, Father, as we remember uh, what you did that day. Father, we ask these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. You read in Exodus, and you can read about the nine plagues that that God put on those Egyptian people because Pharaoh was hard-hearted, the Egyptians were hard-hearted, and God sent uh, the first nine plagues there. And then in in chapter 11, verse 1, he says, but there's one more that I'm going to send. And a couple of verses later, he says, this one more plague will be the Egyptians, every one of them, firstborn of the Egyptian families, will be slain. And then verse 6, it talks about such a great cry that will be throughout the land of Egypt that has never been before, never been since. This awfulness of the firstborn of every family will be slain. Can you imagine that today? Anybody in here the firstborn? (laughs) Oh, that that kicks out that row right there. That front row is gone. God said this is what's going to happen. And God is sending the Israelites a message He's sending them a message that I need you to go deeper spiritually. And this deeper spiritual message that he was trying to send the Jewish people through these different plagues was that there is a Messiah coming. And that the Messiah, when he comes, he he too will shed his blood for the redemption of his people. You know, the nine plagues for those Egyptians, for the Israelites, I mean, excuse me, All they had to do was just kind of sit back and watch God work. Sit back and watch God's work. The plagues did not affect God's children. And all they had to do was watch. But this tenth plague was a little bit different. This tenth plague that that God was going to put on the Egyptians would require obedience and an act of faith. Because you see, God is telling them, and he told them, this is what you have to do now. You have to go take an unblemished lamb. Not a sick one, not one that's crippled, not one that's not any good. I want your best lamb, God tells them to do this. And he said, I want you to kill that lamb. And after you have killed that lamb, I want you to sprinkle the blood of that lamb 
on the top of the door and on the sides of the doorpost. And he says, after you have done that, then I want you to roast and eat the rest of the animal. You see, God wanted them to follow his instructions to the letter. Would they do it? Some of them would. Maybe some of them wouldn't. You know, God says, if you don't do this, that night, he said, I will send my, and the Bible calls it the destroyer. (laughs) Some say it's an angel. Some say maybe it's pre-incarnate God or Christ. I don't know. But the Bible calls it a destroyer. And it says the destroyer will come across the land and will kill everyone of the firstborn. That's pretty harsh, but that was what God said to do. The only protection for the Jewish people was the blood of the lamb. Did you know that? The blood of the lamb. If they put the blood on the doorpost, the Bible says the destroyer would pass over that household and would not stop. If they did not put the blood on the doorpost, like the Egyptians, the firstborn would be killed. You see, the blood of the lamb in the Old Testament made the difference between living and dying. The blood of the lamb. That was the first Passover. For the Egyptians, it's cruel. For the Jewish people, it meant life, survival, freedom from bondage. God said, I want you to celebrate this Passover. I want you to set a time once a year to celebrate what we did. To celebrate Passover, to celebrate freedom from Egyptians, celebrate life. And we want you to do that every, every year. It's also called the, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread also, if you see that in, in your Bible. The Passover was a great thing for the Jewish people. Not so good for the, uh, for the Egyptians. Fast forward a couple of thousand years. We have Jesus entering into Jerusalem for the last time. He is coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. To celebrate what took place thousands of years before that. And, he, and like I told you, he knew what was going to happen. He knew about the Passover. He knew that, that within a few days he would be the sacrificial lamb that would be slain. And yet he still went into Jerusalem. When he got into Jerusalem, he told Peter and John, he said, go, go prepare the Passover so that we might eat it. And as they were preparing for the Passover, we know the Bible tells us that the enemies of Jesus were already coming together and trying to arrest him and later would lead to crucifixion. We know that Jesus knew that his fate was up. In John 1, 29, it says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1, 36 says the very same thing. Behold the Lamb of God. 1 Peter 1, 9, as we're looking at Jesus as the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Passover Lamb, if you would. 1 Peter 1, 19 says this, But with the precious blood... As a lamb unblenished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Revelation 5, 6 says this, Jesus is the lamb looking as if he had been slain. Isaiah 53, 7 said, He was oppressed 
And he was afflicted, Jesus, that's who they're talking about. Yet he did not open his mouth. You can read about that. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before his shearers. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was blameless, was unblemished, was spotless, had no sin of stain. And the Bible says the greatest thing about him was he is the one who will take away the sins of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God. What does it mean that Jesus is the Lamb of God? Just as the spotless, unblemished lamb back in Egypt brought deliverance for those people, brought life to those people, if you would, freedom from bondage, Jesus Christ, our unblemished, our spotless, our stainless, our sinless, also through his blood brought deliverance for us in a spiritual sense also, did he not? That we would never have to die spiritually. We we can live with him forever and forever. His deliverance was from sin and from death. That's important because he was a lamb of God, the sacrificial lamb of God. You bet. You know, we know we are all sinners. The Bible says there is none righteous. And because of that, there is a separation between you and God. And that separation is caused because of sin in our lives. If we were to stand before God, we would be guilty before Him as we stood before Him. Our only hope to ever to be right with God. Did you know this? Our only hope, if we're ever going to be right with God, is to have somebody pay our sin debt, to take the punishment that we deserved, that we no longer have to take, in order for us to receive Salvation, And that someone is Jesus. Jesus paid our sin debt on that cross. I want to remind Christians of that. He paid our sin debt. He took our punishment. He, he, he went to the cross. He suffered. He bled. He died. And he rose again on the third day. What a great blessing that is. That he would be willing to do that. You see, when, when you and I accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior and made Him our Lord, and made Him our Savior. You know this, but I'm going to remind you again. Our sins were forgiven. Past, present, future, our sins were forgiven. That's that's an amen right there. Okay? Our sin debt was paid, and now we have the ability to be right with God. We have Christ's righteousness in us, and He took our sin from us. Jesus is the perfect Lamb of God. Without sin, without blemish, without spot. He's the one upon whom the sins of the people were placed on. As he hung on that cross, God put, his, put the sins of mankind right on him. The Bible says he became sin, this Lamb of God. He became sin. How repulsive that would have been to him as he hung on the cross. Because he knew no sin. He had never experienced sin. He had lived in perfection of heaven. And now the Bible says he became sin. He's the one who bore the judgment and punishment for our sins so that we would not have to. I mean, he took it upon himself. I'll take the beating. I'll take the nails. I'll take the crown. I'll take the, if you would, hell on earth so that we would not have to do that. That's the Lamb of God. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who sacrificed 
for our sins. Jesus is the one whose death set us free from the condemnation of sin. Sin, we are no longer condemned because of our sin, because of the price that he paid on that cross. Jesus is the one whose blood is counted precious both by God and believers. And I refer you back to the, the song that we just heard, Oh, the Blood brings us victory. Jesus is the one who willingly offered himself up as the sacrificial lamb, as our substitute, as he took our place. You know, I don't know about you, but that's, that is something to be thankful for. That is something to be excited about. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. Thank you that you're the sacrificial lamb. Thank you for allowing me to accept you as Lord and Savior. See, the truth about Jesus being the Lamb of God, it shows us something. It shows us the unbelievable love that God has for mankind. It shows the unbelievable love that God has for mankind, that he would offer up his Son to provide salvation for all. You know, we, we say the phrase, God loves you. Yeah, he does. But I'm not sure we, we grasp the depth of that, of what that really means. It also shows a great sacrifice and the humiliation that Jesus had to endure on the cross. The great sacrifice, we know what he did. The humiliation, we know what he did. And he did it all for you, and he did it all for me. Thank you, Jesus, the Lamb of God. It shows that forgiveness of sin and salvation comes from God's amazing grace through his son, Jesus. Not that we could ever uh, do it ourselves. We're not good enough. But salvation comes, forgiveness comes from God's amazing grace that he offers us through his son, Jesus. And, if, and, a, and another truth, because he is the Lamb of God is that Jesus is God himself. John 1.14 says, And the flesh came and dwelt among us. That is Jesus, if you would. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 talks about redemption real quickly. And it says this, For all us born again, He said, Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold, from your futile way of life inherited from your fathers. You didn't get redemption because of silver and gold. You don't have salvation because of your wealth or your goodness or your good works. Verse 19 says, But with the precious blood, as a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ is why you have been redeemed. Hebrews 9.22, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You see, the blood is important. The blood from the Lamb of God is even more important. Aren't you glad that Jesus was willing to shed his blood on the cross? Aren't you glad he was willing to go to the cross? Aren't you glad he died on the cross so that in three days he could be raised up again? You know, as we begin the, the Easter season, we need to meditate and think about that. What he did on that cross as he shed his blood so that you and I can have salvation forever and forever. Jesus really is a Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world.
Today, in just a minute, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate Jesus. As we remember the cross, as we remember his broken body, and as we remember his shed blood. Before we begin our Lord's Supper, I want to have just a moment of of invitation, if you would. uh, Inviting those that have never been born again to come and accept Christ as Lord and Savior. To... Give, bring into your heart this Lamb of God, the one who shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. If you are never joined this church and you would like to join, this will be the time to, to come to join, to, to set your membership here, to come and, 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 and be rooted and grounded here at this church. We'd love to have you. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, uh, and the piano will be playing, our invitation will be that. Come and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God. Come and join up with us. Come and rededicate. Whatever you need to do, come.